Leaders look at these tactical competencies and strategic companies from the inner core out. That's where we develop as a, as a leader, mm-hmm. our, our elements of our character, our values, our beliefs. And so if you look at these things from the inside out, you start to realize that they're not just management processes, Mm-mm. but every one of those decisions involve people in some way or form. And so once you start to understand that, that it's not a management process, but it's how we deal with people, how we lead people. Turn this up, turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Faranvi, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have the honor of having Rich Barron on the show. He has over 30 years of experience in executive leadership and coaching. He helps leaders grow, excel, and achieve their their goals as a master certified executive coach. He was personally certified by John Matone the world's top executive coach. So that was just a little bit about you, Rich. How about you introduce yourself the way you would do it? All right. Well, I am uh, I live in Utah, uh, born and raised in Utah. I've lived to other places throughout the United States, but primarily about uh, 30 miles north of Utah is where I live right now. Um, uh, not, not a Utah, but Salt Lake City. I'm sorry. <laughs> just north of Salt Lake City. But uh, yeah, prior... Prior to getting into coaching, I was, uh, you know, worked in medical device manufacturing mm-hmm. primarily in operational management and executive roles. And uh, the company was sold in 2019 and decided that I really wanted to take the skills and talents that I, I, I had and pass that success on to others. Mm-hmm. And uh, ran into John Matone, was able to... Uh, work with him and and uh he master certified me mentored wow. me and now i actually wow. work with john matone global as a master certified executive coach and uh i love it i've been doing this coaching full-time for about four years now although i have done a lot of other coaching previously mm-hmm. it has been my my primary uh focus for about four years now and i've uh, been very fortunate to work with uh several different leaders from emerging leaders all the way up to CEOs and uh, different organizations and not just uh, locally, but I've, we've been able to work with some people globally. Wow. So it's, it's been, it's been quite a rewarding experience. That is incredible. The story of really going from medical device manufacturing to now you're working as a a full-time coach. What so I, I know you mentioned that your your company w- was sold at the time. Was that really the catalyst, or had you been thinking about doing this before? No, I I think that was that was the catalyst because then you know started looking at some other opportunities uh, after that, and it was it, it just didn't feel right to go back into that for me. It was something that you know it just. It wasn't, it didn't feel good. So, but the coaching had always appealed to me. I was, you know, I've, I've been working as also as a volunteer job coach with a professional network group for several years. And so the, the coaching aspect really um, 
really was exciting to me. And mm. what pushed me over the edge is, is meeting John mm. and giving him a chance to, to know him and seeing what he represented. And, uh, you know, like yourself, Paul, it's, you know, coaching is not an easy, it's not an easy gig. I <laughs> no, mean, it's not. It, you know, and it's, it, you know, you throw your shingle out there and you say, I'm a coach now, but in reality, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, you've really got to work hard to get to that, that point where, uh, you build a little bit of credibility and start building a client base. But the one thing I think is the most rewarding is seeing people's lives change. And, and, and it does. It, it changes for the better. And not only does it change them, it changes their organization, changes their family, changes the people around them. So and, and I'm sure you you've seen that as well. It's 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 very rewarding to see that happen. Yes, the life change is very rewarding that you had a personal hand in people transforming, doing something that they either thought was impossible or would take much longer than they originally thought. Uh, that's really powerful. Right. I guess, was is there any stories that you have maybe earlier on, even more, more recently, about a client that you work with that really stuck with you? Here's yeah, uh, there actually is, and uh, it's it's a CEO that I worked with recently, and you know before I tell you a little bit about his story, I want want you to know that it's not unique. I've heard the story from others, but uh, a great guy has been working in in his field in the company that he worked for for about twenty five years, hmm. um, and now is the CEO of the organization. Very very accomplished company. Um, and when he came to us, um, he said, you know, I'm a CEO now. Hmm. Uh, but the problem is, I know my job really well, but now I'm here. I realize that there's a lot of things that I have missed in my career, and especially in leadership development. Hmm. Um, and we find this a lot. I mean, that's really actually a problem that we're seeing in a lot of uh, people out there, leaders. Hmm. And so it was it was good to work with him because it was to to humble yourself and open yourself up to everything that coaching is going to show you from those initial assessments, you know, all the way, uh, you know, to the end and see, uh, was able to see his uh, transition from, you know, not having some of that confidence as a leader to having complete confidence. And, uh, you know, and we all think, gosh, he's a CEO, right? Mm -hmm. CEOs should already, you know, by, by the title, by the name, by the nature of their, who they are, should already have a lot of these leadership skills. But in reality, if you look globally, only about 25% of CEOs are even recognized by their companies or their people they work with as having any type of leadership skills at all. Wow. And only about 5% of those 25% are the real rock stars. Are you looking for a place to continue to grow and develop, especially in your leadership? How about connecting with others who feel the same way? Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, aka Incredipal, and I've got great news for you. The Incredipal community is for people who desire to become the most incredible versions of themselves. The community is for individuals who are goal-driven and action-oriented. This community is dedicated to leadership and personal growth especially in going deeper in your career, starting a business, or developing a business. 
Join me in becoming the most incredible version of yourself. Go to incredipal.org slash community to join the waitlist and sign up. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul dot org slash community. Join the waitlist. I can't wait to see you there. And so you you still have this this 75% that is probably struggling, you know, and may not realize it, maybe struggling with imposter syndrome. They don't want mm. people to know that I have, you know, I'm, I'm here, but really don't have the skills that it takes. And uh, that's a common issue. And so I think the big story here is how you open yourself up, being humble, being vulnerable, being uh, willing to make those changes. And uh, in the end, you know, he, he did a great job. That's really critical that you you talked about the imposter syndrome. And I would not, well, I understand imposter syndrome is something that affects everyone. For whatever reason, CEOs were just kind of excluded from that because they worked through several leadership positions in order to get there. Yeah. So that, yeah. that statistic that you mentioned, about 25% are recognizes. Well, you, did you say that they were like recognized leaders or good leaders? Is that what you're saying? or? Right. Yeah. And this is this is in global surveys. And some yeah. of this came from Deloitte and, and a few others where, you know, they were their people were actually surveyed, mm. uh, you know, 360 type surveys mm -hmm. on, on their leadership. And it, it came back that, you know, only about 25 percent of those people out there that are in the CEO positions are really recognized as being truly effective leaders. Wow. <laughs> 25%. So is right, a lot right. of the, the people you work with, is it mainly CEOs or does it kind of run the gamut as far as people that you, you work with? It runs a gamut. Yeah. Honestly, you know, I've, I've uh, had several CEOs that are clients, hmm. uh, but it really runs a gamut all the way from, you know, young entrepreneurs, emerging leaders, all the way up to the C-suite. Hmm. And it, it's interesting that, you find a lot of the same issues along mm -hmm. the way, um, you know, even with the emerging leaders. Um, it, so it's 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 a challenge and mm -hmm. it's fun. It's fun to, to work with these people and see them get ready for the future. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I love that. So kind of, kind of taking a, a step back, and I know we kind of transitioned really quick into what you're doing with coaching, but you talked about yeah. uh, the medical device manufacturing, and I work in manufacturing currently and know a little bit about it, but I'm kind of curious as far as, talk me through the story of how you got into medical device manufacturing. Is that something that you were looking to do or yeah, just kind of talk me through how that all happened. You know, uh, was in manufacturing, okay, mm -hmm. before. And it, really, this opportunity opened up to go into medical device, mm -hmm. and it uh, was it was it was um, a challenge. It wasn't something I was looking to do, but once I got into the medical device field, you know, uh, it was something that it just felt, and this is where I belong. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, worked my way up through you know manufacturing, director of manufacturing, uh, up to you know, uh, executive levels, uh, with complete P and L for the inner mountain West and Western wow. US. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, one of the things that I know, I know for a fact that when you take the time to work with your, your teams, mm 
when you take the time to really listen and get them engaged and help them grow and develop, they stay with you. Mm-hmm. You know, all these retention problems that we're having now. Um, and once everybody's on board and you get them all look, working towards the same goal, same vision, same same uh, thing that, that the company is aligned with, you start to see some magic results. And uh, from 2006 to 2019, we had 100% customer retention. We were voted the best, uh, the greenest business in Utah multiple years in a row. Uh, and all this time we were, it was continued growth throughout those, you know, those years. Um, wow. I don't want to skip and, past and, that. You said 100% yeah. customer retention for yes. 13 years. Yeah. For 13 years, we had, we had hundred percent customer retention. Not only that, Paul, we operated at a 5.67 Sigma. We had less than 15 customer complaints. And we delivered over a million surgical packs a year to on, on site, right to the hospitals or wherever they were being used. Wow. And really, it, it comes down to everybody being on the same page, everybody being, you know, working on the same vision, the same goals and uh, and a complete understanding of what everybody does. You know, no silos, none of that stuff. Yeah, the, the no silos piece that that is huge everyone has their part of the the pie or their part of the project that they need to do or goal. And oftentimes I think it's really easy to just get tunnel vision and just focus on what you have to do and then forget what you're mentioning, the bigger vision or the bigger picture. Because if you just have one or two people do or one or two functions doing something that it's not tied into the common goal, you're going to have a lot of issues in the long term. Yep. And, you know, the, the funnest thing about that is when you start to develop these high functioning teams, they get they take off. It's it's a growth all their own. You know, they start growing together and, and you know, kind of moving on that down the road together. And it's it's and that's where the magic really happens. That's where you see a lot of the good stuff happen. I, I bet. That, that's really good. So. I know you talked about the vision a little bit, and then you talked about what you do to kind of break down the, these silos. I'm curious, what is your definition of leadership? Definition of leadership. I think, you know, that that's a loaded question. I think you could, you could ask anybody. It's yeah. like, what, what's your definition of success? Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing I think that's the most critical part of leadership. And a lot of people get this mixed up as, you know, they might be a manager or supervisor or whatever it is. We manage processes. That's what we do. If there's a process, we manage it. But leaders lead people. Mm -hmm. And if you think about, you know, these strategic uh, tactical competencies that we really try to improve in in, uh, leaders, such as critical thinking or uh, strategic thinking, uh, communication, uh, talent leadership, uh, team leadership, you know, vision, uh, driving for results. All of those, if you look at those, those are kind of the things that we see you might show up, say, in a, a 360 review or, or even a annual review where, you know, you, you're uh, supervised 
advisor might sit you down and say, Paul, you know, this past year, you know, you've done pretty good on your communication, but so I'm going to give you three mm-hmm. on your annual review, but I think you can do better this next year. The problem there is, is there's no guidance. There's no nothing to tell you to do it. Leaders look at these tactical competencies and strategic companies from the inner core out. That's where we develop as a, as a leader, mm-hmm. our, our elements of our character, our values, our beliefs. And so if you look at these things from the inside out, you start to realize that they're not just management processes, Mm -mm. but every one of those decisions involve people in some way or form. And so once you start to understand that, that it's not a management process, but it's how we deal with people, how we lead people. You know, for example, as a critical thinker, um, you know, when those when we look at that as critical thinking and try to develop something that you know a process around that you can't do that without including people same thing with a strategic plan you can't do that without including mm-hmm. people or talent leadership you can't do that without including people or team leadership so i think back to my original question i kind of you know got in the weeds a little bit there <laughs> paul but i think to answer your question it really is about leading people and being that servant leader, mm-hmm. you know, bringing those people behind you, you know, what, what kind of legacy you're going to leave, making sure those people all around you have, you know, the opportunity to succeed themselves after all we did, right? Mm-hmm. Someone gave us that opportunity. It's our job to pass that on. Managing processes and leading people. That is a phenomenal description of of what it is and that servant leadership piece that you talked about as well is really critical so uh, there's a good quote by john maxwell that he says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that is i think that really describes the servant leadership as far as understanding your people their underlying drives their values and then using that and casting a vision that is attractive to them. Because at the end of the day, you can't really motivate anyone. They have to motivate themselves. Oh, I agree 100%. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing, too. If they don't do the work, and you've seen this, Paul. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you've seen this. You can give anybody all these you know, assignments to do or things to write, write on or write down or whatever. The point is, is if you don't do the work, you're never going to improve. Mm. And so it's not a one and done deal. You know, it's a, it's a constant process. And I, I, I know you've probably had that same issue where you work with someone and you come back to talk to them a few weeks later and how you doing? Have you worked on anything? No, haven't had a chance. Yeah. Haven't had time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the time piece is huge. There's so many different things that we could be doing, but what I end up talking to them about, I'm sure you mentioned too, is that we make time for what we really want to do as far as priorities. So if it's not a priority, we're not going to make time for it. I had, I, I was talking to someone earlier today about like in college, like like most college students, broke college student. So the things I wanted to do, hanging out with friends or going on trips, anything like that, I had to prioritize and make it happen. 
And I think it's the same thing with your leadership journey and your leadership development is that leadership is not a destination. It is a journey. And when you see it as a destination, that's where people was like, well, I did all these things. I checked the box. I'm a good leader now. And they stopped doing the things that made them a good leader. Yeah. And when they look in the mirror, they sometimes don't recognize what they see. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's kind of a problem. You, you just hit on a big problem, actually. You know, they might go to these seminars. And I know that John Maxwell does a lot of these things, these seminars. And, you know, uh, Tony Robbins, all these guys mm-hmm. do these great seminars, right? And you can show up into these seminars and you can get the book, you can get the mug, buy the T-shirt, whatever it is. But and, and but if you come away from there thinking that that's all that was needed, you're absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've mm-hmm. missed the entire boat. If you read if you don't if you read the book and don't do the work. OK, if you don't do what they suggest, same problem, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I think where a lot of people have this misconception about that so absolutely i think that's a a pretty big misconception about leadership and i know that you personally are doing a lot in that realm to help break that misconception because you have your own podcast as well uh, mainline executive coaching act and cultural transformation so kind of talk to me about what made you decide to do a, a podcast yeah, like what? What was the callus for that? <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. And we talked a few minutes ago about putting your shingle out as a coach, mm-hmm. right? And so you go through these different things. How do I market myself? How do I build my brand? How do I get the word out with what I do? Mm-hmm. And so me and my partner, Michael Bailey, we decided let's do a podcast. Neither one of us had ever done a podcast <laughs> ever. Well, I did some research, you know, found out how to get it put together, um, you know, and I've, I've I've got a lot of the tools that I, I could use and all that kind of stuff to do this. So we thought, let's just get going mm-hmm. and come up with the name Mainline Executive Coaching, uh, you know, ACT, and uh, which also stands for Cultural Transformation. And we started down the road, just started doing episodes. And uh, pretty soon. It wasn't long before we noticed we were getting downloads. Okay. And, and that happened by accident. Well, how do you really check yourself? Well, you know, oh, you know, we, we found out how to do this. We use, we use a platform called Buzzsprout. And so, you know, we started seeing these downloads come. And pretty soon we started noticing that the downloads were coming from other countries wow. as well. You know, and because we were able to get it out there on Apple and Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm and some of these others. And it wasn't long before we realized that the things we are talking about, just like what you're doing, 
there's a global concern. There's a global interest in leadership. There's a global interest in cultural transformation. Mm -hmm. There's a global interest in, in, you know, everything that we, we've talked about. And to, to date, we now have uh, followers in over 60 countries wow. and over 500 wow. cities uh, globally. That's and incredible. how we did that, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Well, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea because we just, I mean, we just do the episodes. Uh, we, we put some of those on YouTube and, and we, you know, upload those into LinkedIn and, and just kind of get the word around. But, uh, and so have we done anything special? No. Uh, you know, and that's the whole thing. I, I think it really comes back to the fact that, leadership is a, is a real concern now. Mm -hmm. It's a concern in our world. Ever for the past 4 years things have kind of you know with everything the world's faced it really has opened up the door to how poor leadership really got. We were in, we were in a a place up until 2019 where everything was going good, right? Mm -hmm. Money was cheap, economy was good. Mm -hmm. Companies were growing and suddenly it hit the fan and nobody was ready for mm -hmm. it. And you, see, you see, started seeing these companies fail. And this wasn't just here in the United States. It was it was global. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm sure even that you have seen this at the topics that you have, you know, garner a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. And that alone, you know, is is shows there there is a lot of concern. I really love how you and your, your partner, Michael, just just went for it. And it, it it grew to be this. It seemed seemingly accidentally, maybe it was on purpose. For what you what you're saying, it seems like it wasn't something that you were targeting. No, I it I don't I don't think it was anything that we were targeting. I think it just was. How, what's another way that we can market mm. ourselves? And you know, let's do a podcast. Sure, okay. You know, we we can figure this out. So, um, and, and the rest is history. So. Mm -hmm. Um, no. And if you ask me how it happened, I, I honestly couldn't tell you other than the fact that we just did it. It just so, did. So how, how long ago was that when you started the podcast? Two, two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. And we just did our 247th episode today. So. Wow. 247. Man. So you've been putting out episodes. Is that more than every week or... That seems like more than we that. Do, there, we try to do two a week. Oh, wow. But uh, some weeks we don't, we just don't get there. But we try to get at least two out a week. Wow. Did you start off like that or did you start off with once a week? We were we were thinking, you know, how can we do this? Oh, let's just do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Wow. And that got pretty hectic. <laughs> <You're t> <laughs> that we bit off a little more than the two there. So then we, we kind of toned it back and we, we thought, let's just do one a week. Mm -hmm. And then if we were, we were watching our stats and we noticed that our stats were kind of dropping when we went to one a week. When we went to two a week, we saw increased downloads, increased interest. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the, the key or, or, or what, but that's, that's what's worked for us. Wow. The fact that you just jumped in at, at three a week is amazing to me because a lot of people struggle with consistency to even do one a week and you all are doing three a week. Yeah. 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 It, it took up a lot of time. <laughs> it really did. And, and yeah, we bit off more than we can chew, but we just thought, Oh yeah, three, we could be about right. Mm -hmm. 
and it it was way way overkill. Oh, fair enough. But I, I know you all talk about a lot of different topics. I know we were talking a little bit about imposter syndrome earlier. What is yeah. what the reoccurring thing you see among, I would say, inexperienced leaders as far as maybe people are just getting into a leadership role as far as what they don't know or what they need the most help with? Right. The, you know, that's a very interesting um, question, Paul, because it's if, if you look at global statistics, um, most people get their first leadership role age 27 to 30. OK. And but you if you look at the same statistics, nobody is really getting leadership development or companies providing it for people until they're 43. And that's a global statistic. So now you're, you're looking at almost a whole decade mm -hmm. of, of lost time. Leadership turnover is the highest turnover in any organization. Mm -hmm. It's in the leadership levels. And why? Because you get these these young emerging leaders that maybe don't, they don't really have their understand leadership styles. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they fall back on one, which is do what I say type thing. Now, if you look on the, uh, on another statistic, three out of four employees in the United States and Canada report working with a toxic boss. 64% of all leadership positions are held by millennials in that age group. Wow with the old oldest millennials being 42. And the, uh, there's, it's interesting because a lot of them are saying, we're not getting the development that we need mm -hmm. from our companies, mm -hmm. from, for ourselves. And, uh, you know, there, there are ways to do that, you know, finding a coach and, and building that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what happens when you don't have any leadership training and, and you're just maybe you're a great individual contributor at your job, right? HR, someone in your position saw, hey, you know, this guy's a great individual contributor. And so he's probably going to be a really good supervisor. <laughs> so what happens is they put him in this leadership role thinking because they have these great job skills that they're going to do well. And it backfires. And you see a lot of these young leaders that are overworked, overstressed. Um, you know, their pride starts taking a hit because, you know, they're not not doing as well as they were doing maybe in a different role. Mm -hmm. And eventually they just end up either washing out themselves or getting let go because they're not effective. And whose fault is that? It's, it's not theirs. Although the, our personal development should, should come on ourselves, really it comes down to the organizations who are not actively developing the, uh, their leaders and getting a, a good pipeline of strong leaders on their bench ready to go. That that's a very powerful thing that you just said as far as them not getting the development that they need. Cause there I think part of it is ownership of yourselves, but you don't know what you don't know at the at the end of the day. And so if someone is telling you you're in a leadership position and you're a leader, most likely you're gonna think that you think that you're ready for it. And from what you were saying, yeah. is that people don't understand that leadership is a skill. And with any skill, you need to develop it. You can't just go from yes. 
you can't just go from being, like you mentioned, an individual contributor and just automatically assume, oh, this person was really good at their job. Let's put them in charge of five to 10 people. And there's a, a switch with how you approach it as far as leadership is concerned. You know, and I got to go back to when we were talking before we started tonight. Paul, you mentioned that, you know, you, you've got a degree in chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. You've been a chemical engineer in manufacturing. And uh, realize that you wanted to get more into leadership coaching. So you got certified through John Maxwell, went through that program, correct? Yes. Here's the thing is we are seeing a lot of these people with have just the STEM skills coming out of college. And there is no shortage of people out there with phenomenal skills mm-hmm. in, you know, in the science, technology, engineering, and math realm. Um, PwC just did a, a survey recently with 8,500 global CEOs. And the battleground right now for hiring, 85% of them agree the battleground is the soft skills. Wow. The soft skills, the leadership wow. development, the problem solving, the collaboration, the, the emotional intelligence. That's the battleground. You know what came in dead last? STEM skills. Wow. Why? Because there's no shortage of people who have phenomenal STEM skills. But that's not enough to be a leader. Mm. It's going to put you in a, a, a great, like, for example, you, Paul, you, you realize that, you know, you've got this chemical engineering skills. And if you work for a company that, that is all about chemical engineering, you're going to be a, you're going to be right there, able to talk the talk, you know, anything that goes on in there. But when it comes down to leadership, it's a, like you said, it's a completely different skill altogether. And it's teachable. Mm-hmm. It's learnable. Yes. That's the cool thing about it. It's not something you're just born to and that's all there yeah. is. So, yeah, I think that's also the encouraging part of it that some people think they have to be a natural born leader, which, yes, every leader is born, but just because you're not a natural born leader doesn't mean that you can't develop the skills like you mentioned. Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. And, you know, I, I have nothing but the utmost admiration for. Gosh, there's so many, uh, so many people out there that are just brilliant, you know, especially these, the, you know, this newer generation of millennials. And, you know, I'm 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 speaking. I, I guess I'm letting my age come through a little bit here, Paul. But the thing is, is there's no shortage of that. And I am just amazed every day at the brilliant minds out there. Now, if we just were able to take a lot of that and turn that into developing those soft skills mm-hmm. as well and they could be unstoppable and the world is in need right now the world is in absolute need of great leaders mm-hmm. that's what we need yeah there's a there's a huge shortage of leaders and honestly i would say my leadership journey was interesting because i was definitely a reluctant leader as far as i think i had some of those natural leadership skills so people would look to me to keep going but then i came to a point uh, towards the end of college about being more intentional about it. And then after I started working, I helped found a nonprofit that helps people who are underrepresented in STEM. And so that kind of started building on it. And I realized I need something to continue to develop my leadership skills, which is why I joined Maxwell Leadership. But all that to say, I realized that I was not getting the leadership development I needed in STEM and the people around me. 
And so that's why I started Incredipal to empower the professional development of students and young professionals in STEM. Not to say that I don't help people outside of STEM. I do that all the time. But I see, I think STEM especially, because I, we were talking about how uh, kind of hysterical, stereotypical chemical engineers or engineers as far as people who are more siloed or data-driven, like to be by themselves. Yeah. And yes, having those skills are important as far as the data analysis. But at the end of the day, we all have to work with people. And the soft skills, which I don't like to call them soft skills because there's nothing soft about them. They're hard. I like to call well, them. Well, there's really nothing soft about them. No. <laughs> yeah. So I like to call them. And I, don't know who, I don't know who coined that phrase, but yeah, I guess we, we ought to come up with a new phrase. Maybe, maybe let's just do that right here on your show, Paul. Yeah. I like to call them life skills because yeah. if. Life skills, there, yeah. there you go. No longer soft skills or life they're, skills. Yeah. Because if you have those life skills, you will be successful in every aspect of your life. I agree. And, and you just hit an interesting thing that leadership is not just in the workplace. Mm -hmm. It impacts every aspect of your life, your community, uh, your neighborhood, your family, and uh, anywhere you're going to take that to. Here's the cool thing about those soft skills is you you can take them anywhere. They're, I'm sorry, the life skills. <laughs> they're no longer soft skills. They're life skills. But you can take them anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Because it's transferable. It's across the board. You know, unlike, you know, some of these other STEM skills where, you know, it's pretty specific to to what you're going to be doing, right? Yeah. The specific industries or, 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 or needs. But you can take these leadership skills and they're transferable. They're horizontal. You can take them anywhere. Yes, that's very true. Leadership is influence, and I can't own that. That is something that John Maxwell says all the time. But I, yeah, I like to bring it up because people don't see themselves as leaders if they're not in a management or leadership title. But on the flip side, you can be in a leadership or management title and not truly be a leader, or at least not a good leader. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what you do impacts everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it really is about your legacy. Mm -hmm. And you're leaving a legacy one way or another, like it or not. It doesn't matter if you say, I'm not going to leave a legacy. You already are. And it's going to be a good legacy or it's going to be a bad one. How are people going to remember you down the road with how you've impacted, you know, people in their lives? I, I can even think back to baseball coaches I've had. Or other coaches I've had, you know, and, and some of the lessons I learned there have, have stayed with me my whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes me think of, of mentorship. So are maybe it's one of those baseball coaches or any of those coaches. Are there any people I kind of I know you kind of mentioned John Mattel. He was your he uh, he trained you in coaching. But is there anyone else or you can talk about him as well as far as I really stuck with you? kind of mentored you through your, your growth as a leader? You know, I, I, I'm going to have to go back a lot of years because um, I, I've had a lot of great, I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of good leaders and, and people who, who took me aside. Um, I'm going to name just one name here, but his name was Wayne Peterson. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, throw the name out there. Yeah. And, uh, Years ago, uh, in this medical device um, company that I worked for, and as a young plant manager, okay, 
kind of a young plant manager coming up through the ranks. He took me aside and really spent the time to help me to understand the business, help me to understand, you know, the numbers, what they truly meant and how to uh, how to incorporate those and how, how to to help using those numbers, how to help your, your facility and your people and everybody else develop. Now, there was an interesting thing about him because before I met Wayne, everybody was telling me, oh, my gosh, you know, Wayne Peterson, you know, he's you don't want to get on his bad side. You know, the difference with what it was is he he expected results, mm -hmm. but he also took the time to make sure you understood first what it was that he expected. Mm -hmm. And once you started going and, he, and his expectations were to see you grow and develop. One of the one of the things that I, I respect the most about him is is uh, before he retired and went off to do some other things, uh, he actually flew out to to Salt Lake City from Florida and sat down with me and and told me in person, hey, you know, I'm leaving the company, you know, and gave me my final review in person and and gave me some tips for the future, and you know, I've never forgot him because. Even though he was tough, he was tough-minded, and and he expected results, but he ex he was fair about it. He expected them only because he had taught to them. Wayne, and I, I think that's a that, that's a problem. That's a problem we see a lot of people nowadays. You know, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be tough on me. Well, why? Why is that the case? Yeah, Wayne Peterson sounds wow. like an, an incredible leader and mentor. Yeah, and I, I've, I've never forgot him, and I've never, I've always been grateful that, you know, he taught me those things. Yeah. But that, that kind of brings up an interesting topic because it sounds like he was really good at holding people accountable. And I think yeah. it's, it's getting harder and harder to hold people accountable because it seems like maybe, I don't know if you, what you've seen, but at least a lot of places I've been or even where I work currently, Accountability is a, a pretty hot topic as far as setting clear expectations and then holding people yes. to those expectations. Uh, something either gets missed on the at the beginning or at or people don't follow up on it. So, do you have any tips or tricks that you you work with leaders on how to do better with the accountability piece? That, that's, you know, that's a very interesting question. And it's, it's getting harder, I agree, to hold people accountable because the problem is right now is a lot of people are so afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Oh, my gosh. You know, or some of these younger people, and I'm not going to pick on them specifically, but there's a lot of them that really feel entitled in the workplace mm -hmm. because society hasn't held them responsible mm -hmm. or accountable. And so when it comes to being in a workplace with leaders, it is that much more difficult to hold people accountable. But I think you hit it on the head. You need to have clear, defined expectations. And not only do those, you have those clear, defined expectations. You know, I go back to what I just told you a few minutes ago. Making sure that you have the development, learning and development programs in your workplace that allows them to teach them and bring them along 
to understand what's expected. Part of that is communicating the vision of the organization. What are we truly working for? What do our customers see in our products? You know, what is it that we're truly making? Um, and, and having everybody understand what the clear vision of the organization is. After that is just a matter of, of you know, being firm, fair, and, and consistent with what you do. You can't waffle on those things. Mm -hmm. you, if you got a vision, you need to stick with the vision. And not only stick with the vision yourself, but get everybody around you excited about that. Man, look where we're going. Mm -hmm. We're headed here together. But we're not going to get there unless we're all there together. And so, you know, the accountability piece is, is tougher. I believe it's, it's tougher now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. But it's not impossible. Uh, it, it's just something... If you don't, like you said, if you don't have those life skills, those leadership skills that you really can fall back and, and work with people, you're going to struggle with that. You're really going to struggle. Very, very true. The life skills and I'll definitely lump uh, emotional intelligence into a majority of, of those life skills, which is also a skill that you can develop, but you, you have to have the self-awareness, which yeah. is the emotional intelligence trait to even want to do it and realize that you're lacking yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And that, what you said, this emotional intelligence, absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fear around that. You know, we hear emotional intelligence all the time, but that's really about self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you as a person? And a lot of people are afraid to go down that road. I don't want to know. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid to find out what it is about me. Uh, you know, the other people see, well, what are you going to do about that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I, something that I, I tell people is it goes along with emotional intelligence, but it really comes down to holding your yourself accountable as a leader, as far as owning up to your own mistakes or especially your weaknesses is that I think we can all agree that when your leader has a weakness, you already know about it. And as a leader, being aware of the fact that your people already know your weakness, if you are able to articulate that weakness, it tells them that you are self-aware and that you are working on it as opposed to try and hide it. Because you can't really hide it. They already know. So you might as well just let the cat out of the bag. Lit, and I think you can work on it from there. You just hit on it. People already know. Mm -hmm. They already know what your weakness are is. You know, they see it every single day. But if you admit to it, yeah, it's a weakness of mine and I'm working mm -hmm. on that. You know, and that builds trust. Mm -hmm. Accountability builds trust. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we talked about a, a lot of great stuff in leadership, accountability, a little bit on imposter syndrome. We're almost out of time, but I want to make sure if there's anything we haven't talked about your either yourself personally or your story that you want the audience to know about before we wrap up. I know I, I, I think we've covered a lot of different topics. You know, I, I just, one of the things that I think I want everybody to know, and it's not just about me. Um, but you know, the, the, you look at the global statistics out there and I think I'm speaking specifically to some companies. One of the big issues that we're seeing is, is these organizations who are cutting budgets, the learning and development budgets. The first thing to go is always about the people. You know, when there's when economy starts to change or, or you know, things get tough. Instead of doing that, 
be creative about your budget and make sure that you're always developing your people because if you don't have a strong bench of leaders, which is, is globally, only 11% of companies globally even say they got a strong bench of leaders and that's a serious human uh, issue. Wow. It's, a, it's, a serious, it's a serious problem. But who's, who's to blame? It's the organizations out there who are not taking the time to really develop their people making sure that the money is there to develop their people and they're doing it actively all the time. And I, I think in the end, that really is, is what I want to say is, is keep developing not only yourself, but develop those people around you because we need it. And here's the thing, crisis in business is going to happen, right, Paul? Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. Whatever that may be, you know, it could be anything from safety issues to uh, natural disasters, anything like that. It runs a gamut, uh, retention or, or shortage of employees. If you're not ready or don't have a strong bench of leaders ready to face those crises, you're not going to succeed. You're going to crumble. And it happens all the time. Mm. Just look around you. Yeah. So I think at the end, that's my belief. Get some development, get some training, work on your people. Absolutely. Leadership development is so critical. I love all the stuff you're doing with executive coaching and with your podcast. So definitely for those of you listening, if you obviously you're into leadership, I'll definitely encourage you to follow Rich and Michael's podcast as well. It's incredible content. And I hope you learned a lot from his story, from what you were doing in manufacturing into medical devices. Uh, made the jump into to leadership and it, it's so incredible and i you're just a, a wealth of knowledge i i just love how you pull all the different statistics i can tell that this is something that you're really passionate about it just comes out of you because like you said leadership in general is something that's needed and then the leadership development is critical and i think people also need to realize that the hardest person to lead is actually yourself and you think about if you are even, if you would follow yourself and if you would not follow yourself, that means you have work to do. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, people know where to find you, uh, whether your, your socials, website, whatever you want to share. Yeah. Um, Rich Barron, executive coaching.com. Um, you can find all the information about me there. Um, you know, contact information is there. You, you can also get a hold of me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Look me up and, you know, let's let's have a conversation. Let's let's talk. Worst cases, we're going to come away as, as as friends and maybe have a good conversation about leadership. Best cases, you know, we're going to be able to help you to develop yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely reach out. For those of you watching on YouTube, you already say it, saw it come across the screen. If you're listening to it, why aren't you watching it? Yeah. Just kidding. I appreciate your support listening as well. But you'll see it in the, the show notes, um, how you can get connected with him. But like I mentioned, he is a wealth of knowledge as we are going through our leadership journeys to become the most incredible versions of ourselves. Keep being incredible. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. incredible.